0: Well, praise the Lord. This is Pastor Jerry, once again, bringing you the Word of God. Again, it is always an honor, always a privilege. We're so grateful that you're connecting with us. Today, once again, we're going to go to Romans 8, verse 5, please. And we've been talking about the law of the mind. We have actually a series that we're maybe going to call that the law of the mind. And uh, each week, of course, coming at it from a different angle, basically talking the same thing every week, but just coming at it from a different angle. Amen. And so again, Romans 8, verse 5, please. And it says this in verse 5, for those who live according to the flesh, in other words, those who uh, their actions, their behavior, how they conduct life, live life. Amen. Is if it's according to the flesh, it's because they've set their minds on the things of the flesh. In other words, it means to set or to entertain one's attention, uh, to uh, set one's attention on, all right, to be mindful of. This word also means to set their minds on the things of the flesh. But to those who live according to the Spirit, in other words, to live and conduct life by the Spirit, in other words, they've set their minds then on the things of the Spirit for to be carnally minded. Fleshly minded, earthly minded, there. It's death. In other words, that's the road you pretty much get on, is this word called death, which is a word that means ruin, destruction, despair, about everything negative and ugly you can think of, is in that, okay? And of course, death itself. Uh, But to be spiritually minded, in other words, your mind set on things above, things of the Spirit, the God thoughts, the God ways, amen, then it leads to life and peace. And that word life again is Zoe, which means absolute life or the God kind of life, which we'll talk a little bit more about that today. And peace, which is a word, Irene, which uh, the Greek word, the Hebrew word for that is shalom. Both of them mean wholeness or completeness. It means to be set at one again. In other words, Things brought back to divine order. It also means uh, uh, peace or, um, in a sense, uh, well, peace in the, in the place of chaos. In other words, order in the place of chaos, maybe another way of saying that is what that word means. All right. Uh, but to be, uh, pardon me, verse 7, because the carnal mind is enmity against God. Why does life end up um, on this road of ruin, destruction, death, despair, is because when, you, when your mind is set on things of a natural realm, things down here on earth, what happens is you don't give God place. Instead, it's, it's something that's fighting against God. God's trying to help. God's trying to lead. God's trying to guide, as we've been finding out for the last several weeks here. Amen. But what happens is when your mind's set down here, then what happens is it fights and wars against God. So then what happens then, you end up on this road that you don't want to be on. Nobody really wants to be on that road of death ruin, destruction, despair, nobody really wants that. Um, I think when you start really looking at it and defining it and, and diving into it, you recognize nobody wants that mess. Uh, but what happens is because we get caught up in things of a natural realm, we, we lose sight of that unseen realm, we lose sight of the God thoughts, the God ways. And what happens just little by little, you kind of slide right back into that mess And next thing you know, you're thinking, uh, you know, um, concerning the flesh or natural thinking, uh, you know, worldly thinking, and also another way of saying that, you know, things down here. That's why the word says, set your mind on things above and not on things of this earth. Colossians 3, 2 tells us that. Amen. Set your mind on things above, not on things of this earth. Why? Well, because the carnal mind is enmity against God. In other words, it fights against God. It says, for it is not subject, okay, or it literally means reflex to obey. In other words, it cannot somehow submit itself to the law or the principles of God, nor indeed can be. And of course, we've kind of stressed that. You know, sometimes, you know, I always think uh, some of the principles of God, uh, it's like basic, simple math. You know, two plus two equals four. It doesn't matter how you move the numbers it still equals four. But a lot of people want to, you know, look at that and say, no, two plus two is five. So what they do is they'll fight tooth and toenail to tell you that equals five. Well, you know as well as I do, it don't. It equals four. But they purpose to move forward with that kind of thinking. Then the next thing you know, all hell breaks loose. Now we're on this road we don't want to be on. Everybody gets mad at God or are mad at the, the preacher or mad at the church or mad at the word or whatever, uh, you know, mad at their neighbor. I mean, it's just amazing how it works uh, because they're still trying to make two plus two to equal five, and it just won't happen. But anyway, to me, these basic simple principles, okay, uh, you know, that's clear. It's To me, it's, uh, you know, there's cr- clear basic principles to success, okay? And this is one of them. Where you set your mind, okay, is gonna determine where you're gonna go. In fact, it's referred to in chapter seven, verse 23, as the law of the mind. In other words, attention equals direction or attention determines direction, maybe a better way of saying it, amen. So that's the law of the mind, amen. Wherever you set your mind determines a direction. It determines how you believe, how you think on down the road. So attention determines direction. That's the law of the mind. In fact, uh, we, I think oh, several weeks back, we took some time, went into Proverbs 23, 7, and we looked at where it says, you know, as a man thinketh in his heart, so he becomes or so he exists saying the same exact thing, amen, where you set your attention, amen, where you focus your mind, set your mind, will determine a direction in your life, will determine an outcome, amen. That's how this thing works. And so as I said earlier, uh, we're, we're really not saying anything different from week to week. We're just coming at it from a different angle each time, using some different verses, looking at it, how the principle is, is weaved and threaded throughout the Scriptures, This principle of the law of the mind. Amen. Uh, Let's today, let's jump over into Philippians chapter 2 just briefly. Uh, Then I'm going to kind of, I got some things I want to show you here today. Philippians chapter 2, please. And kind of a common verse. And we may come back to this before this is over with today, depending on how how we roll along here. Verse 5, it just says, let this mind... Be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Now, this word "let this mind" is the exact same word we've been using every week. Okay, talking about uh, setting the mind. Okay, and that's what he's talking about here: where you're mindful, where you're setting your mind, where you're entertaining your mind. You know, where you're you're letting your thoughts go. All right, this is what it's talking about here: let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. In other words, where you set your mind, where you. Focus your attention, okay, all right, is what he's talking about here. But he says here, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. In other words, there's a God way of thinking. There's a believer way of thinking we could say in other words there's the way of the new uh, the new man we could say because I think that will come up here before we're done today but there's a new man and you put off the old man you put on the new man well part of that's going to be where you set your mind how you set your mind and how consistent you are with that praise God and he says here let this mind be in you and I think that's kind of what we 're going to title this today let this mind be in you let this way of thinking let this mindset Uh, Let uh, be mindful of this. Amen. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And so what I want to do now, as I said, well, we might come back here to Philippians, but we're going to go to the book of Ephesians. Really, probably at least in my book, it's just one page back and I'm going to chapter four of Ephesians. And I'm going to read, uh, starting in verse 17, we're going to talk about letting this mind, this way of thinking be in you as a believer, amen, as a child of God, as the new man, amen, putting off the old, putting on the new. You're going to have to have a certain way of thinking because uh, there's a way that a child of God thinks, all right? And that's what we want to hook up to. And that's what he's talking about there in Philippians 2, is that there's a way to think. A child of God thinks a certain way. All right? That's how we do this. Amen. Now, in context of Ephesians 4, uh, he just got done talking about you know, us as children of God growing up, you know, staying connected to the house of God, staying connected to good godly teaching and instruction and growing up, maturing, growing. Uh, the word, it talks about, you know, not no longer being, uh, you know, children tossed to and fro, talking about growing up in all things in, into Christ. And it just it just kind of starts building. And then from there, it goes into this verse 17. It says, this I say, therefore, in other words, because of all that, In other words, I'm instructing you to grow up. I'm instructing you to be different than what you were. I'm instructing you uh, to allow the old man to, to fall off, the new man to be put on. I'm allowing you to put off childish things, to grab hold of things of maturity, to grow in the things of God. And he says, as I say, therefore, in other words, all of that I just got done saying. And he says, and I testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk, as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind, okay? And that's going to be kind of our focus here. He says here, we're not called to walk any longer like the rest of the Gentiles walk. Now, the word Gentile is a word that just means he without God, is really all that means, okay? So he says, you know, you used to be referred to as a Gentile in the sense that you were without God, but you're no longer without God. And so I kind of want to make the statement here that, uh, that even though he's going to make reference to those without God here a little bit in the next couple verses, he's not, he's not addressing those without God. And you just got to hang on to that. See, he's talking about, in, his, in other words, he's, he's referencing those without God, but he's addressing those who know God. That's you and me. The book of Ephesians, amen, a letter written to the church at Ephesus, which now has been placed into the scriptures for you and me to read every day. Hallelujah. It's there for us to have. And so a letter to you and me. We refer to it as an epistle of uh, of Paul, amen, a letter that he wrote, amen, to the church at Ephesus. Now, enough said about that. Let's look at this. He said, we're no longer to walk. In other words, conduct life, live this life, walk along, Uh, You know, uh, step by step is what it's talking about. Live this thing out uh, as the rest of the Gentiles do. Amen. As they walk. All right. Uh, In the futility of their mind. So let's begin to define some things here. Hope you're hearing this today Uh, because I want this to kind of I want this to jump out at you today. It says here this word futility uh, is a word that means inutility, which means depravity or being ineffective, Uh, It also means unprofitable. Uh, The word is you kind of dive in a little deeper. You look at it maybe in your lexicons. It kind of brings out that it's a word that means incapable of producing right results. Incapable of producing a right result. So he's saying here that we're not to walk as the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind. In other words, they're incapable of producing really the right results. In other words, the God results is what he's talking about, the things that he just got done mentioning earlier in this chapter. He says that's not going to happen for a person that's outside of God, that the only way this is going to happen is you're going to have to have a mind that's set on things above if this is ever going to work in your life. He says them outside of God, they're not not looking, they're not setting their mind on higher things. They're not setting their mind on the things of God. They're not setting their mind on higher thoughts. Their their mind is set down here living like everybody else does. And he says, and and, and then as a result of that, that mind outside of God is incapable of producing a, a God kind of result or the right kind of result. And that's what he's bringing out. He's not saying that people outside of God are stupid. He's just saying that they can't gain the God results because their mind is always down here. All right. They're always on that road of ruin, destruction, despair. It's just the facts because outside of God, that's exactly what they're going to get. They're not going to get on that road of true life and peace that the word of God says you can have. It's not going to happen. But here he is again, and I'm going to try to make this clear. This is talking to the church. So he's making it clear that even though you're you're of God and in the family of God, household of faith, uh, you know, born again, you know, children of God, heaven bound, okay, uh, people of God. Okay, I don't know how, how many other ways I can say it, okay, but I'm just saying that even though you're a child of God, you can still operate no different than you did before you knew God. So he's trying to make it clear. If you don't change the direction that you begin to set your mind, you're going to operate still the same way, even though you're born again. We're not taking that away from you. We're not saying you're not heaven bound, but while you live here on on planet Earth, you're going to operate no different than the individual who doesn't even know God. And that's what he's trying to bring out here. He's trying to make it clear that even though you know God, there's some things you're going to have to do different. You're going to have to start thinking different. All right? You can't be like those outside of God. All right? So he says, in the futility of their mind, okay, depravity, ineffective, unprofitable, okay, in other words, incapable of producing the God kind of result or the right kind of result. And it says then, having their understanding. Now, again, it's talking about those outside of God, the, the Gentile here, okay? It's, it's, it's bringing them, it's trying to make it clear here how the, how things operate outside of God. Having their understanding darkened, okay? So let's look at a little bit of that. The word understanding here just means really proper mental management or the exercise of the mind, or or the channel through which the mind operates, okay, is darkened, it says, okay, which means obscure, destitute of light. Now, hang on to that, okay, destitute of light, or can't see uh, properly to make a right choice is what it means. Can't see properly to make a right choice. So, again, it's kind of saying the same thing. In the futility of their mind, in other words, they're incapable of producing a right result, okay, understanding darkened. In other words, they can't see to make a right choice, OK, because you think about how this works. It's not that once in a while somebody outside of God that might hit the mark on something. OK, again, I'm really trying to make this clear. We're not saying that everybody outside of God doesn't have a mind or can't, you know, or, or is stupid. That's not what we're saying. OK, we're, we're kind of, you know, primarily trying to just bring out the choice, the choices they make, the decisions they make, how they operate. Uh, you know, uh, the things that, uh, that uh, you know, how they make their decision making is all going to be skewed. It's all going to be somehow tainted. It's all going to be off because everything they're, they're doing and going from is things based on a natural realm. And so he's just trying to bring out that even though you know God, you can still live down here and be, have no different results than the guy down the street that don't even know Christ. And that's a fact. And you and I both know that does happen. In fact, some of us have probably been there a time or two, okay, until we come into a place of understanding. Uh, we, we, we operate no different than we did before we knew Christ, and that's just the facts. Now, it's not how it's designed to work, but I'm just telling you, and that's why he's addressing uh, the church at Ephesus here. Having their understanding darkened. Again, I'm in back, back in verse 18 here, and uh, again, 418 of Ephesians. He says, being alienated from the life of God, being alienated from the life of God. So let's read it again, okay, I'm kind of backing up here again, okay, we're not called to walk uh, as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God. In other words, if that's how we're going to operate, if we're going to walk the same way the Gentile walks, it says then you're going to be alienated from the life of God, which is what... The Gentiles, they're alienated from the life of God, that life you're called to, all right? So here we are, this word alienated, which is a kind of a, I don't know, I kind of, um, to me, it kind of just makes more sense when you see this. Uh, it means to be estranged away or to be separate, separated or disunited. But get this, it means to be a non-participant. Now, to me, that makes all the sense right there. Okay, what he's saying, when you start operating down here, your mind's always set down here. Now you're living no different than a person without God. Now you become a non-participant of the life that you're called to, this life of God, this zoe life, absolute life, amen, which is a a word that means also absence from darkness. Hang on to that. It means real and genuine life. In fact, if you, uh, John 10, uh, verse 10 You know, Jesus said, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come that you might have life, and life more abundant. Okay, well, that's what he's talking about here, this life. You become a non-participant of this life of God, this abundant life that Jesus talked about. In fact, uh, uh, maybe I'll just throw this out here real quick in John 10, 10. The message translation says it this way, real, he talks about the real and eternal life, more and better life than they ever dreamed of is the message. The Amplified says, have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. Now, the reason I just kind of bring those out is because to me, he's talking about you become a a non-participant. Of this life, okay, this life that you're called to enjoy, this life that's supposed to be better than anything else, better than you ever dreamed, this life that's supposed to be uh, come to you in, in abundance, to the full till it overflows. This kind of abundant life is called to you, amen. Or you, I should say, maybe are called to it. All right, but the problem is when we have a mind that's set down here, living no different than the world, thinking no different than the world then what happens is we get no different results than the world. Even though you're called to that absolute life, that abundant life, that life of God, that Zoe life, even though you're called to it, you don't experience it. You become a non-participant. Now, I know I'm repeating myself multiple times here, but I'm doing it on purpose because this begins to answer questions. A lot of folks, as I said earlier, you know, they want to live a certain way and they expect that God results. And if you're going to live a certain way that's outside of how the principles of God work, then you have to understand you're not going to get the God results. And no matter how you try to do the math, it doesn't add up. All right? So here you are living a certain way, expecting a different kind of result. You just have to understand there's a God way of doing this. And as what we've been bringing out in this series, obviously there's other ways too, but In this series, we're focusing on the law of the mind, which is attention determines direction. And if your mind is always, your attention is always set down here, then guess what? You're going to live no different than how the world lives. You set your mind up here, and it begins to take you up higher. Now you're, you've got a mindset that's not fighting with God. It's not warring with God. All of a sudden, your decision-making gets better. All of a sudden, clarity. All of a sudden, you're coming out of the dark now into the light, and you're seeing things better. Praise God. You have more of an understanding. Amen. It's now, now it's able to produce the God results. Amen. So he says here uh, that with all this, you're being alienated from the life of God. And it says, because, I'm in back in verse 18 again, because of the ignorance that is in them, talking about the Gentile again, because of the blindness of their heart. So here's a couple more words, because of the ignorance that is in them. So let's look at that real quick. Okay. So the word ignorance, okay, is a word that means unlearned. Okay, it means absent or destitute of knowledge, or we could say the right knowledge here. Okay, but again, it's a word. It means to keep one in the dark. Okay, now hang on to that. Now the word blindness in this verse also means hardness or callousness, but again, it means can't see to make a right uh, decision or choice. Doesn't know what and what to do. In other words, it, it can't see to know what to do is kind of what it means. So again, it's saying the same thing multiple times here in verse 17 and 18, saying the same thing, okay, that when your mind's down here, all of a sudden the decision-making is going to be off. What you need to do or not do is going to be cloudy. The waters are going to be muddied. I'm telling you, you're not going to see things clear. We're not saying that every now and then you might hit the target, but most of the time it's a hit and miss. It's very much so a hit and miss. And that is not how God designed this thing to work for you and me. As a child of God, amen, we're called to live in a place of revelation, okay, and come out of ignorance, okay? Now, the reason that's so important, because ignorance is a doorway for the enemy. In fact, the scriptures kind of make it clear that my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge, Okay, so what happens is now they, don't, they operate, they don't have enough information, so they're operating out of a thing called ignorance. See, they're unlearned or untrained. So now all of a sudden the enemy comes in and begins to bring destruction. Scripture also says that my people have gone into captivity because of a lack of knowledge. So that, to me, explains so much because you see so many children of God who, in a sense, are operating under the curse in a place of captivity, uh, ruin destruction there 's that road of death, okay, and why is that because they're they're ignorant to some things. Now, I want you to hear this because no deception let 's no deception has a place without self deception, okay no deception, in other words, the enemy is always trying to deceive, and the worst is, neither give place to the devil. In fact, if you get a little further down this chapter, you see that verse there. He says, neither give place to the devil, which means that we're the ones that give place to it, to the enemy, okay, because of a fact of being ignorant or unlearned or uninformed, okay, okay, or in a sense self-deceived about some things, okay, because that's huge, okay. In fact, the word even says the enemy comes, you know, it says to be sober, be vigilant because your enemy, the devil, comes about or goes about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour, which means he's looking for those that are ignorant or unlearned or untrained. That's why you have to be sober and be vigilant, okay, which means, amen, not caught up in anything else, not, uh, not you know, uh, you know, gone asleep, so to speak. you got to be aware, be, uh, be, uh, be ready, amen. But if if you don't know that, if you're unaware of that, then what happens is, Okay, now it becomes an open door for the enemy. He comes in and steal, kills, and destroys is what he does, okay? But he can only do that to those that are uninformed, uneducated, so to speak, uh, lack of, of the God kind of knowledge, okay, or ignorant as the Scripture uh, uses here in Ephesians 4, okay? And now, you know, because of the fact that they've been ignorant long enough, now they just, they're just, they just live life. That's what it means uh, uh, due to the blindness of their heart. What that means now is this is how they've always lived, so that's just how they do. And, and, you know, the enemy just keeps taking, keeps stealing, keeps destroying, and they just kind of, you know, move along and say, well, you know, that's life. That's how it is. You know, that's just the way these things work. And so now you've become so callous to it. To the point now, you don't even know, you know, up from down, right from wrong, uh, left to right. You know, you just, you, just, you just are all mixed up and confused. And you just assume that everything that's happening is, is for some reason or some purpose, you know, yeah, that you don't have a clue. And when it really just comes down to it, it's all because we're uneducated, unlearned, lack knowledge. And now the enemy is stealing, killing and destroying. Hallelujah. Now, so ignorance, let me finish this thought here. Ignorance is a doorway to the enemy, but revelation, okay, is a doorway for the Lord. Now, revelation, let me just bring it out because this kind of starts putting it all together here. Revelation means to bring into view, okay? It means uh, to uh, bring into sight or to enlighten one, okay? It means to bring into the light, just to bring into the light. So, the enemy always wants to keep you in the dark because that's his in row. but the father always wants to bring you into the light, okay, because now it gives him room to do something in your life. Now that starts making some clarity about what he's talking about here, that the Gentile, one of the, the problems is the way of, their way of thinking is it always, they're always in the dark, okay, but yet, when, when you set your mind on things above, because now you've come into the kingdom, and now we have a different way of thinking, we, we set our mind on things above, which now brings us into the light. And as you come into the light, all of a sudden, praise God, you're not stumbling around, okay? You're not, you don't have all these question marks. You don't have all this, uh, you know, insecurity and fear and all the mess that comes with all that stuff of not knowing. Are you hearing me, child of God? Uh, John 8 says this, Jesus himself said this, he said, I am the light of the world, and he who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life, okay, and that's, I think that's John 8 and 12, I believe is the reference on that, and so the bottom line is, is as you set your mind on things above, see, you're coming out of the dark and now coming into the light, why, because you're following him, you've set your mind on things above. Attention determines direction. Oh, hallelujah, child of God. Hallelujah. Let's read a little bit further down here in Ephesians 4 again. Try to get through this today. Verse 19, he goes on, who being then past feeling. Okay, so he's talking about now all of a sudden, see, because of this callousness, because of this blindness of the heart, now it's, they're, they just got numb. They're numb to everything that's going on. And if you really stop and you look at it, most people, that's how they live their life. They're just numb to everything. They just get up, do everything a certain way, and you know whatever happens, happens, and that's just life, and oh, well, sometimes it, it sometimes has a good moment here or there, but most of the time it stinks, and that's kind of how people live, see? So they're past feeling. And it says, have given themselves over to lewdness, okay, which is another word of Lasciviousness, licentiousness, but it means really uh, having no restraint, okay? So now because you're past feeling, you just have no restraints, no nothing. You just do whatever you have to do to survive, and that's what it's talking about. And that's really how a Gentile lives, okay? Uh, that's how we all live, basically, uh, you know, before we knew Christ. And he's hoping that through this teaching, he's trying to instruct us to say, that's not how we live anymore. We're not just going to do whatever we have to do just to survive. We're going to set our mind on things above and now live the life that we're called to because attention determines direction. Oh, hallelujah. Okay, so let me read that again. Verse 19, who being past feeling have given themselves over to lewdness, to work all in cleanness and greediness, because that's exactly what ends up happening. That's why the world ends up on that road of ruin, destruction, destruction. Uh, despair, death, okay? Why is that? Because they're doing everything they can to live, which means now you're going to be crossing lines because you have no restraint, you have no, uh, no, no boundaries, no guidelines. You're just doing, living however you have to, or at least you think you're living how you have to in order to survive. And that's not how a child of God is supposed to be living. All right, he goes on, verse 20, but you have not so learned Christ. In other words, that's not how we live. We're called to have the mind of Christ. We're called to have the, the mindset of Christ. We're supposed to think like Christ would think, amen. But the only way that's going to happen is you're going to have to set your mind on things above. If indeed, verse 21, if indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, amen. In other words, we're coming out of a thing of ignorance into a place of revelation. So if, as, we, as we put our attention toward him, now all of a sudden the lights are coming on. We're coming out of the dark, coming into the light. Things become clearer and clearer. You're now making right choices. Come on now. You're all of a sudden now have a mind that's capable of doing right things, thinking right, right choices. Amen. Getting right results. Amen. Verse 22, that you... Put off concerning your formal conduct, which also means conversation, by the way. He's talking about that old life, that old man. And he he says it here, uh, the old man, right? Let me read it again, verse 22, that you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust. Which he's basically just trying to tell you, okay, that if you still keep your mind down here, it ain't going to be long. You're going to be living just like you used to live before you knew Christ. Okay, it's just, it's inevitable. Okay, that's why you get your mind set on things above. And then he says this in verse 23, but, or, pardon me, and be renewed, here we go, in the spirit of your mind, amen. And that you put on the new man, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness, amen. But the, the key is where we started and where he shows you here, it's based on renewing, of the spirit of your mind. In other words, amen, renew that mind, amen. In fact, the word renewed is a word that means to renovate, okay, to reconstruct, rebuild, reform, but it speaks primarily of a reversal. In other words, you used to think here, now you're thinking up here. You used to set your attention here. Now you're setting your attention up here. Now you begin to reverse this thing. Amen. You used to be on the road of ruin, destruction, death, despair, but now you're reversing it, getting on a road of life and peace, all based on the fact that you're choosing, amen, to renew the spirit of your mind. Amen. Hallelujah. Renewing of the mind. Romans 12 brings that out very clear, too, about the renewing of the mind, taking the Word of God, renew your mind to it, amen. In fact, we talked a little bit about uh, the Word of God, amen, God's thoughts. Take those higher thoughts, that Word of God, that God thoughts, amen, and begin to change your way of thinking. I think we kind of closed with some of that last week. Amen. Be renewed. I'm in verse 23 again. Be renewed. Amen. In fact, um, if you kind of look at this in the Greek, it says, Be being renewed in the spirit of your mind. In other words, it's a continual ongoing, is what it refers to. Amen. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. I thought that was interesting. Uh, you know, as we've been bringing out, you know, we never live beyond our most predominant thoughts. In other words, what you think on primarily is what you're going to, that's the direction. So when we're talking about attention determines direction, we're talking about your, your predominant thoughts. Amen. It ain't just like a, some one thought passed through. Amen, because you can cast that down, as we've been finding out. I think it was a week or so back. Talked about casting down. Amen, you know, taking every thought captive. Amen. In other words, if we don't, you know, take it captive, if it takes you captive. But just because a thought comes by don't mean it's going gonna, it's gonna to win. You just have to take authority over it. Amen. But this here is talking about something more predominant. All right. So when he's talking about the spirit of your mind, it is the word uh, that refers to uh, current of air, breath. Uh, you know the you know the breath of God kind of a deal, but but he 's talking about something here when he refers to it as the spirit of your mind he 's talking about a mental disposition or the center or the core. Most of your scholars refer to this as the subconscious he 's talking about the spirit or the core of your mind would be more of like the subconscious, so he 's talking about kind of getting right down in right into the thick of it all the way down, because most of the things that we operate, most of those predominant thoughts are things that our whole life, we've heard it a certain way, we live a certain way, so now we have to reverse all of this, and we literally got to get down into the spirit of your mind, or the core, or the center are you hearing me, child of God, that subconscious realm where you learn now to say, you know what, my mind ain't going to go there anymore. I'm going to begin to change that by the renewing of my mind, begin to adjust this, that every time now those kind of thoughts come, I bang, I, I cast down those thoughts and I put my, set my attention on higher things. Amen, I'm going to go the God route. You begin to shift and change all this. Amen. Hallelujah. That's why he says, set your mind. Amen. On things above, praise the Lord. I, I wrote this down in my notes. I thought it was worthy of bringing out when we're talking about setting our mind on higher things. We're uh, we're talking about reaching beyond uh, just just a happy thought. Okay, all, obviously we all want happy thoughts, right? I mean, but the bottom line, he's talking more about higher thoughts, right? Not just a happy thought. Okay, now obviously higher thoughts are going to lead to more happy thoughts, no doubt. But we're not just talking about, you know, you know, you know, casting down anything that might be, uh, you know, maybe not so happy. And I'm just going to have a happy thought. okay? Uh, you know, a lot of people, that's kind of how they think it, how they view it. Well, it's not really what he's talking about. He's talking about higher thoughts. The higher thoughts now lead down a road. Amen. That'll give you probably a few more happy thoughts. Amen. (laughs) Hallelujah. But we're going beyond thinking beyond just a happy thought. We're thinking more about a higher thought. Hope you heard that. Amen. I just thought I'd toss that in there. Amen. Um, last week, we talked about meditating day and night on these principles, uh, and that word to meditate means to dwell on in thought, to ponder. Uh, to turn or revolve before the mind's eye. We kind of focused on that last week. Now, the reason I'm bringing that up again, because everything we've, we've brought out over the last, whatever it's been, four or five weeks or whatever it's been, have all basically been saying the same thing. It's just each one of these things, we're coming at it from a different reference, a different point of view in a sense, but all heading toward the same thing, and that is the law of the mind. Attention determines direction. Now, if we set our mind on the higher thoughts, on the God thoughts, amen, hallelujah, what begins to shift and change then is how you think, right? How you operate, uh, how you believe is one thing. Children of God believe different, right? Children of God begin to talk different. Okay, all this leads to this, okay? Children of God uh, begin to see things different. They begin to act and react different. Okay? Are you hearing this? They begin to stand their ground different. How they how they stand. You know, having done on a stand, you stand. I mean, we all do this different now. Amen. It's not like it used to. We're not caving and quitting. We all do this different. See, as you begin to set your mind because a child of God thinks different, and now it begins to shift all of this. That's why now you end up on this road of life and peace. Because all these other areas of your life get affected based on where you set your mind. Now, um, I, I don't know if we have time necessarily to get back into this, but I was thinking about that reference we started with out of Philippians 2. And there's, Philippians actually brings out uh, uh, quite a bit about how you think. Okay, it talks about that. You know, uh, it talks about, you know, uh, that we uh, we don't think uh, down here. We think up here. You know, that's why it says to, uh, you know, to meditate on that, which is good and noble and just and lovely. I think that's out of uh, Philippians four brings that out. Amen. And it talks about, you know, we think higher. We don't think low. We think higher now. Uh, We don't think uh, behind us. We think in front of us. In other words, we're always moving forward. You know, we press toward the mark for a high, that higher thing in God. Amen. Uh, the word says uh, that we let loose of that thing behind us. In Philippians 3, it brings out, amen, we're letting loose of things behind us in order to press forward to things ahead. That's how we do, that's how this works. Uh, You know, uh, Philippians also brings out in in chapter 2 there, uh, in fact, with the original reference we looked at, uh, that whole text he's talking about, we think outward and not just about ourselves, inward. We think about others. Amen. We're looking out for the needs of others. Amen. Uh, When you start looking at taking the higher thoughts about setting our mind on things above, it changes the direction of. of, of what you focus on. I mean, I mean, as far as your attention, where you're going, you're no longer thinking down here. You're thinking up here. You're no longer thinking about your past. You're thinking about your future. You're no longer, you know, thinking about just yourself. You start now thinking about other people. I mean, this is how this thing all, all works. And again, it's about putting you on the road of life and peace and the more of of your thoughts that are set on things above, the more you meditate on the right things, the more it begins to shift all of this, and next thing you know, praise God, amen, you're operating out of a mind, praise God, the mind of Christ, amen, a mind, praise God, uh, you know, that you're called to, what now produces the right results, the right choices, amen, it begins to, you know, how you process things is all begins to be right, you're now in the light instead of the dark. I mean, there's so many things uh, that it begins to shift and change. It's not just some lightweight thing when we're talking about setting your mind on things above. It's not a lightweight thing, uh, this principle of the law of the mind. Amen. It's so important to how we operate from day to day as a child of God. Amen. Where we think different Live different, act different, talk different, and on and on it goes. Praise God. Child of God, I hope you got something today. Praise the Lord. Father, I give you praise and glory for a people of God that had an ear to hear, a heart to receive, and again, for opening the eyes of our understanding. We give you the praise and the glory for it, Father. And we give thanks and honor, Lord God, that what you began, you are finishing. Praise God. And I'm thankful, Lord, for a people that set their mind on things above. And for that, we give you praise In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Child of God, I call you blessed. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to watch the video of this message, head over to vimeo.com forward slash wovictory or go to Jerry Roberts Ministry on Roku. For more information about who we are and what we do here at Order Victory, check out the website at wovictory.org. That's wovictory.org. See you there.